This morning we read about a man and a woman who give us a wonderful education and dedication. That's what we're going to look at today. An education and dedication. And we're going to learn from them. Isn't it wonderful when you can learn from the mistakes of others? They're free. They're free. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say the word dummy, but you'd be a dummy not to learn from other people who had it tough. I mean, I told the earlier service, I had an older sister and a younger brother. I learned from those mistakes. And guess what? I got less whoopings. Now, not less than I needed, but I got less. Why? Because I learned from her and I learned from him. Do you know what the word of God is a record of? Successes and failures of people who trusted and did not trust God. Think about it. And we can learn from their successes and say, do that. Or we can learn from their failures and say, I don't want to do that. So let's get an education on dedication this morning through the life of Ananias and Sapphira. So what's going on here? Ananias and Sapphira have been stirred to be a part of what God is doing. God is raising up a great church here. I mean, this church is growing. They're seeing thousands of people come to know Christ. I mean, there's a unity in their spirit. There's good things happening. And all of a sudden, their heart gets stirred to be a part of it. They say, okay, how can we be a part of this? And they say, well, you know what? There's people who have needs. And, you know, we don't have any cash, but we have land. You know what? We could sell that land and give the cash to the people who have needs. So they decided to dedicate what they had to God. The problem is this morning, you're going to see that their dedication was very short-lived. And you're going to see what happens when you have a short-lived dedication. So look at verse 1. <clears throat> the Bible says in chapter 4, they were selling the land and giving it to those who had need. Look at verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. Now, look, so far they're off to a good start, wouldn't you agree? There's a need, obviously. They have a need in the church, and so they're going to sell that possession. They're off to a good start and fulfilling what they've dedicated to God. Now, they've done something we need to recognize this morning. It doesn't appear they had money, but they had land. Watch closely. So what they did was they sold the land and took the money and gave it to the need that was there in the church. Now, this is what's important. The first thing I want you to see is the, the, the dilemma in dedication. There's a dilemma in the life of Ananias and Sapphira. Let me tell you what the dilemma is. There's a need, and they have land, but they need to turn that land into money. So here's what they did. They sold it, and they took it, and they gave it. Now, why is that important? Well, here's the dilemma. Oftentimes, God desires we be a part of his will. God stirs our heart to do something in his will. By the way, the word of God is full of what God desires that we do within his will. But here's our problem. We can't dedicate to God what God has stirred our heart to dedicate because it's already dedicated to something else. And so, in order for them to give what was needed to fulfill what God had stirred them to do, they had to undedicate the money from the land and rededicate it to God. Do you see that? All right? Now, here's the reason oftentimes, here's the dilemma of why we are not dedicated. The reason we're not dedicated to the cause of Christ and the will of God is so much of our life is already tied up and dedicated in other things. And the only way that you're going to get to the place where you're dedicated to God's will is undedicate from something else. Are we seeing that? Are we there? All right? They had to sell out what's here in order to dedicate it to there. And here's what we do. God stirs our heart just like Ananias and Sapphira. I want you to give more time to the will of God. I want you to give your talents to the will of God. And we look around and say, God, I don't have any time. God, I don't have any talents. Now, granted, some of you don't, but you got something you can give, all right? And you're looking around and say, I, I just don't have anything to give God. Yes, you do. 
Remember, God's never going to call you to do something or to give something that he does not first supply what he's calling you to give. All right? And so God stirred their hearts to give to the need that was in the church. And they're looking around. They're like, man, we don't have any, we don't have any money. And then all of a sudden they realized they had money, but it was tied up in something else. Uh-oh. Say, God, I just don't know what you're talking about. I don't have any time. Yes, we do. We have all the time to do all the things we want to do. And the reason we can't give of our time to the will of God and the word of God is because our time is tied up in other things. And that's why we're not dedicated to the will of God. The only way this morning we're going to become a dedicated church where God is number one and the will of God is the desire of our life is to undedicate from some things and rededicate to the things of God. I want you to know if we can't do that, this country's over. Understand that. You have not seen anything yet on what this country could become if God's people do not undedicate from some things that are occupying what God wants from us. How many times have God stirred our heart during missions conference? My wife and I have gone through this so many times. My wife is the spiritual one, and I'm so thankful for her. I thank the Lord for our staff, and I often don't mention my wife. She has been, she has been the bookend that has held me right up during this entire thing. I'm so thankful for a godly wife. Uh, they're far above rubies, the Bible says. And I was thinking about, I just lost my subject. Where was I going with that? I got distracted by my wife's beauty. Hmm. Well, I can't remember where he's going with that. I was going to have to get back and jump back in the outline. Here's what I want you to see this morning. Here's what I want you to see. Here, I know where we're going now. It took me a second. There was a time in my life I'd have been too prideful to stop and think about where I was going. I would just preach around in circles like a vulture until I found my point. But I'm too old and decrepit now. I'm past 40 to, uh, to worry about pride. God calls us at missions time to give more to missions. And so, God, I don't have... I don't, have any, I don't have any extra money to give. And God starts looking around and he says, wait a minute, did, did I not give you enough to do what I called you to do? Or God says, I want you to give more time to the will of God. I want you to give more time. I want you to give, more, I want you to give an hour a week to spending time knocking on doors and telling folks about Christ. I want you to, just an hour. God, I don't have any time. God says, that's funny. I thought I gave you enough to do what I called you to do. And then God goes, wait a minute. We go, wait a minute. I would have time if, if I was not doing this. You see, you've got to free up something. The only way they could fulfill the will of God and give what God started them to give was to free it up from another location. They had to undedicate from this so they could rededicate it to God. Now look, there's nothing wrong with you enjoying some you time, okay? I had a man come to my house, knock on my door at 4 a.m. one morning. Now look, if you need marriage counseling, you come any time of the day. But if it'll wait till daylight, I'd appreciate it, okay? He comes and knocks on my door. My wife says, somebody's at the door. I said, no, it's not. It's 4 a.m. And then, usual, she's right. And I says, I, I don't like counseling in my pajamas either. And so I says, let me get a suit on, you know, because you've got to be in a suit to counsel people. Not really. And so I go get some, some more clothes on. I come back and sit down. And this guy's just mad at his wife, and he's leaving his wife and all of this. And I said, well, what's the matter? He says, she won't give me any me time. That's what it is. I said, what's that? He said, me time, you know, just some me time. And he's sitting there talking. He says, she's got this yapping little dog. And this yapping little dog, has, it wears a diaper. No jokes, what he told me. And uh, it comes and I'm trying to drink my coffee and have some me time. And that dog, rah, 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 rah. and I'm sitting there thinking, is this happening? <laughs> I'm sitting on the stoop of my house at 4 a.m. with this guy who's telling me about a dog in a diaper and some me time. And I'm thinking, is this, this is a joke. This is a joke. Somebody is pr- somebody's in the bushes with a camera. No, he was serious. 
Now, let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with having some me time, all right? Nothing wrong with being still and knowing that he is God. Nothing wrong with going fishing from time to time. But wait a minute. When you allocate all of the resources of God, your time and your talents and your finances to things other than the will of God, I want to tell you there's something wrong with that. Because God blesses us with the time and the health and the talents and the resources we have to not only enjoy of ourselves, but to put to use to the will of God. That's why he says, whatsoever we do, do all to the glory of God. He lets us borrow some of the resources he gives us. Isn't that cool? It's like our finances. He says, look, I'll give you 100. You give me back 10. Seems like a sweet deal. I'd make that investment all day long. And I'm not the smartest guy in the room. But what's the dilemma? The dilemma is undedicating from something so that we can rededicate it to something else. Now, understand this. God's not going to require us to be faithful with what we don't have. Oftentimes, we are super hypothetical about what we're going to be faithful with if we had it. If I had a million dollars, let me tell you what I would do with it. The same thing you do with the five. Probably go spend it on two, two Red Bulls, something like that, and a Snicker bar. I don't know if you can get two Red Bulls for $5 now. We would do the exact same thing. Wives, all the same resources comes from God. And these people saw that in order for them to give to God what God stirred them to do, they were going to have to undedicate from something. And folks, can I tell you something? If we are going to be dedicated to Central Baptist Church and the will and the word of God moving forward, I assure you at some point we are going to have to sell out in something in order to give to God what he desires of us. And this is not a statement we can make. This is not a statement we can make. This is a stand we're going to take, and it's going to be proven. Now, this is the younger crowd. I've wowed the earlier crowd. I guess they're not on social media as much with the video I'm about to show you. But most of you have probably already seen this video. And it just illustrates my point. Brother Hunter, play the video. I want you to because see Because of it. coronavirus, you are going to be quarantined. But you have a choice. Do you, A, quarantine with your wife and child? Or B? B. <laughs> B. Now, did you notice what just happened? He had a choice to make, whether or not he was going to be quarantined with his wife and child. And before he could even give choice B, he decided to choose B. He didn't know what B was. It could be quarantined in a jail cell with a hornet's nest. He didn't care. He wanted B. Evidently, his home life was not the way that God would require that it be. But here's what I want you to understand. That man mentioned nothing about dedication. He didn't say a word. He didn't say, I am or I'm not dedicated to my wife. I am or I'm not dedicated to my kids. But by his decisions, he showed us what he was dedicated to. Can we understand this morning that the decisions we make here on out as an individual, as a family, as a church, they're going to tell on us whether or not we're truly dedicated or not. And whether we're willing to undedicate and sell some possessions. By the way, can I tell you, this has nothing to do with money. Are we, are we there Nod your head. This has nothing to do with money. By the way, I told the early service this morning, uh, when this thing first started, I'm thinking, we're, we're fixing to be in trouble financially. You know, I, I, you know, our church, we have a lot of folks, and they like to eat, and the power is nice to have on from time to time, and, you know, air conditioning's nice, and so I, you've got bills to pay, and I'm thinking, this is going to get rough. My wife and I figured out what our budget was and how much of a pay cut we could take, and I'm thinking, all right, oh, we can do this, you know. Can I tell you, we haven't had to touch our church savings. The Lord did that. The Lord took care of that. This has nothing to do with money, but this has everything to do with dedication. And our dedication is going to be decided, what we decide to undedicate from so that we can rededicate to God. So number one, notice the dilemma. 
The dilemma is deciding what we are devoted or dedicated to. Look at verse 2 quickly. The Bible says they sold it, so everything's going well. And everyone, every, evidently, somewhere in here, they pledged. We know that because Peter says here, you've lied to the Holy Ghost. So either publicly or privately, I don't know, they made a pledge to give to God. And they dedicated something to God. But now comes the day to pay up. Now the proverbial offering plate is about to be passed, and they're going to have an opportunity to follow through with their dedication. But notice this is where the problem's at. Number two this morning, notice the decision in dedication. There's a decision that has to be made. Understand this. Dedication is more than just a made-up mind, okay? Dedication is more than just a made-up mind. Uh, If if dedication was a made-up mind, I would not be overweight right now. Over my weight. Well, you're not a, I'm over my weight, okay? I think all of us probably are. After sitting in, being quarantined, eating Cheetos all the time, that's all we do, right? Stay at home and eat Cheetos since, for the last three months. I have decided in my mind to lose weight so many times over the last three months. But I haven't lost weight. I've actually gained weight. So my wife's good cooking. That's what it is. My wife's good cooking. Can I tell you, it's more than just having a made-up mind. It's not about deciding what you're going to do. It's doing what you've decided to do. I want you to think about this. During this quarantine, I am sure most of us have probably said something in our hearts like this. When we get back to church, I'm going to be more committed. We get back to church, I'm going to be more dedicated. We get back to church, I'm going to be more faithful. I'm going to be more obedient. Man, when we get back to church, I'm going to do this. When we get back to church, and I'm sure you can fill in the line and fill in the blank of things maybe I haven't even thought about. Well, guess what? We're back to church. And the offering plate is about to be passed. Don't panic, not physically, proverbially, okay? It's time for us to decide if we're going to keep the commitments of what we told God we're going to do. God is saying, hey, it's now time to pay up on that dedicated, uh, that dedication that you said you were going to have and you were going to be. You know, it'll be proven out in the next weeks and months whether we are deciding to go back to where we were. And I pray not, but I fear what's going to happen is in verse number two. Notice what they did in verse two. The Bible says, and notice the next two words, kept back. What did they do? When it was time for them to fulfill their commitment, when it was time for them to follow through what they told God they were going to do, the Bible says they kept it back. They held back. They didn't follow through. They decided, you know what? We're just going to give part of that. And listen to me, God help us. God help us. If we go back to playing games with God again. God help us. Listen, you haven't seen anything. Listen, you read the word of God and you realize it can get bad real quick. It ain't bad yet. I believe most of what we've gone through, listen, I'm not demeaning anybody who's had it or anybody that's died. But for the most part, all that it's cost us is inconveniences. That's all it's cost us. God help us if we go back to the place to where we're going to make all of these vows and we're going to do all of this and we don't follow through. Listen, now is the time to pay up. Now it's time for us to keep our commitments on being faithful to God and be obedient to God. Now it's time to be the man and the woman of God that we know God wants us to be. Now it's time that we get back in the word of God. We spend more time in prayer. We spend time witnessing to the lost. Why? Because that's what God's called us to. He called them to give whatever they had to the need that was there, and it was time to pay up. And yet the Bible says they kept it back in verse number two. 
was thinking about the wedding yesterday. I told you, Brother Heath did a great job on that. And uh, when you get Brother Brent to change that up on his job description as the official wedding person for Central. So you go see Brother Heath if Cupid does hit you before the week is over. And uh, based on the numbers, I mean, right, this is a good week to do it if it should happen. And yesterday, Brother Ben stood right here, and Miss Anna Brooks stood right here, and it was so sweet, you know. And my wife and I were just reminiscing about it. We got married almost 15 years ago. And Brother Heath says, do you promise to ha- uh, take her to have the whole take on vacation, all those stuff the rest of her life? And brother, and brother Ben says, I do. All right, that's the, that's the traditional thing, right? I do. I hear some I wills now, uh, but most of the time they say I do. Imagine what would happen if Brother Ben went, I plan on it. Yeah. I want to. I want to. Oh, can I tell you, it probably got tense real quick. That would have been all, but you know what he said? Weirdest thing. Here they are dedicating themselves to each other. They said, I do. I'll think about it. Or I won't. Or I hope so. They says, I do. Now, can I tell you something? That will be proven out through their dedication. Now, folks, if we can't get to the place to where we're willing to follow through with what we've committed unto God, it's not going to end well. That's why Luke tells us in Luke 9, 23, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. What does that mean? Let go. Let go. What did they do wrong? Verse 2, they kept back. You kept back and let go of the opposites. And how often do we want to follow Christ? If any man will come after me, and what? yes, yes, tie me up. I want to be a follower of God. And then when it comes time to let go, we keep back. We can't follow God if we keep back what he's requiring of us. There's this, there's this weird, weird uh, doctrine going around today that we can live outside the will of God and still follow God. I hate to tell you, that's a lie. <laughs> that you can, you can live the way you want and act the way you want and do what you want and still be a follower of Christ. And it just stirs up all those human emotions. I hate to tell you something. You can't. He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. That means sell out, take up his cross, and follow me. You see, you've got to follow through. You've got to be willing to make the decision to follow through with what God has called you to do. In Acts chapter number four and Acts chapter number five, I want you to see real quickly what it looks like when you sell out. The Bible says in verse 32, the multitude of them that believe were of one heart and one soul. You know when you're of one heart and one soul, that creates unity in a church. You know why there's unity? Because it's not about you anymore. You know what causes division? When you start seeking your own. Is that what happens? Why do churches split? Churches split because you wanted your neighbor to have what your neighbor wants, right? Your neighbor wanted the pink carpet and you fought for your neighbor to have the pink carpet. No. Churches split because we fight for what we want. That's what happens. We're dedicated to self, what I want. I'm not willing to sell out what I want. And listen, you'll not be a follower of Christ. You got to give up some stuff to follow Christ every once in a while. I know it's not popular, but it's true. And when he called the 12 disciples, what were they doing? They were fishing. The Bible says that they left their nets. You know what they did? They got out of the fishing business. Doesn't mean they didn't ever go fishing again, but they got out of the business. Why? Because they were called to something better. You imagine old Peter trying to serve God, still dragging around his net. This is my fallback. This whole preaching thing don't work out, you know? My fallback is a hunting show. That's what I'm going to have. Look, this preaching thing don't work out, and you run me off, I'm going to try to get my own hunting show, you know? So he's hauling around this net, walking around, and 
He says, wait a minute, guys, I'll, I'll catch up with you, all right? You know, y'all going to cross the Sea of Galilee. I'll catch up with you. I just got this net. I'm trying. He couldn't do it. He had to let go. He had to get out of the fishing business to go on to serve God and to follow Christ. And why do we think, why do we think that we can follow Christ and not leave some things behind every once in a while? Why are we so special that we get to serve Christ and hold on to all of our creature comforts and all of our selfish lust? We're fooling ourselves. There's a decision that has to be made, and that decision is I'm going to follow through And I'm not going to keep back, but I'm going to let go. I read a neat story this week. First time I ever read this story, back in 1964 in Borneo. Um, The story goes to tell about these firefighters, brave firefighters that were fighting uh, the the local village fires were going on, civil unrest and things like that. And so the only way to get into some of these villages was to parachute. So he goes to some of these firemen who have, have never jumped out of a plane before. And he says, look, the only way we can help these people it's to come, fly over the plane, you jump out and help them. And so the, the captain of the, the, the fire unit came back and he says, okay, we talked it over. True story, willing to do this. He says, but here's the catch. You've got to give us the tools that we need when we get down there. And you've got to fly lower than 100 feet. And, and the guy on the plane says, look, there's no way we can fly lower than 100 feet because at 100 feet, your parachute will not open. And the captain of the firefighter said, You didn't say anything about parachutes. Unless I sink in just for a moment. He was ready to jump out of that plane to go help people on the ground, knowing that that could possibly cost him his life. But he was willing to do it for others. Do you know what that's called? Dedication. That's dedication. Didn't realize that he was going to give him a parachute to jump out. He said, I'm willing to try it all for someone else. Can I tell you what we need today in the church? Dedication. It doesn't hold back. Okay. God, whatever you call me to do. I mean, you know, look, I'm not talking about just coming to church. That's the least we can do. To be faithful to the house of God. I hope we don't have to worry about that for a little while. But I'm talking about whatever God requires of us. He required of Ananias and Sapphira. He stirred their heart to give to the need that was here. And they had trouble giving what God required of them. And I want to tell you something. Every one of us has a decision to make. And understand this, dedication does not hold back. When when my dad said in July of 2005, July the 9th, 2005, I remember, my dad says, do you take Leslie to be your lawfully wedded wife? I really can't remember all of what he said because I was just just nervous. Everybody kept telling me, don't lock your knees. So I'm just kind of, you know, trying to keep it loose. You know, I've seen those American Song Song videos where guys lock their knees. And I'm like, no, that's not happening. So I'm just kind of... You know, and then I had to kiss her. That's the first time I ever kissed her. Amen. First time I ever kissed her. And uh, I'm standing there. And I'm like, all right. You know, do I go right or left? You know, I'd never done that before. And so, and I wasn't going to practice on an orange. Somebody told me to do that. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. And so we're standing there. And my dad says, you know, uh, do you take Leslie? And I'm like, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, if she'll take me, I take her. Amen. And so I said, yeah, I do. Can you imagine if it said, well, I do, but on a trial period. We'll see how good she cooks and make sure that she sings for me every night at 7.55 before I go to bed. And no, there's no such thing as partial dedication. What would you have done if your spouse said that at the altar? Yeah, absolutely, I do, but here's a few stipulations. We got a prenup, we need a sign here, make sure. You burn the meatloaf, it's over. No, 
You'd like, forget this? No, wait a minute. Why don't we do that to God? God, I'll follow you if. God, I'm going to be dedicated if. Listen, there are no ifs in dedication. You're either dedicated or you're not dedicated. You're either sold out or you're not sold out. And there's going to come a point in your life when you're seeking to serve Christ and to follow Christ, you're going to have to sell something out in order to follow him or stay behind with your land. Stay behind with your possession. So notice verse 2, the Bible says they sold it and they brought it, but notice they brought certain part. How often do we do that with God? God says, I'm calling you to the mission field. I want you to go to Borneo and help those firemen out. Put the fires out in Borneo. You're like, Lord, I'll, I'll go to Australia. Or I'll even go to Hawaii. Man, it's tough voting on those missionaries from Hawaii, isn't it? I'm like, Really? You want me to support you to go to Hawaii? Yeah, I bet, you know. No, there's, they're legitimately called there. Say, God, I'll do this. I, want, I know you want that, but I'll do this. We just give God a certain part. God, I'll give you uh, until 12, 15 on Sunday morning. And that's about it. That's not dedication. Dedication comes with a decision. And the decision is to fulfill what God has stirred us to do. And I just believe while we were away, I just believe this with all of my heart because I know myself. While we were away, we probably told God a lot, didn't we? God, if you just let us get back. You know, I haven't knocked on a door in weeks. I'm parched. I'm parched. And I feel like a heathen. Well, I have knocked on a door, but it was to get my daughter's airplane that went across the yard, you know, but... People freak out when you knock on their door. They come to the door and mass or talk to the little crack in the door. I've witnessed the people at gas stations and stores, but, man, it's just tough. And, Lord, if you just let us get back, we're going to knock this many doors. And, God, I'm going to tell this many people about Christ, and I'm going to be faithful. I'm not even going to be late to church. I'm going to be early. That's when you know you're really spiritual, when you're early. And you may even grow into Sunday school. I hope you do. But sooner or later, you got you got to get there. Now we've made all of these vows. God, I'm going to do this. God, I'm going to be that. God, I'm going to let go of that. God, I'm going to be the dad that you want me to be. I'm going to, I'm going to sell out some things that are occupying my time, occupying my talents. I'm going to sell out that so that I can go and do what you've called me to do. But notice what happens real quick, and I'm done. They made their choice in verse 2. They didn't keep their bargain with God. In verse 3, the Bible says, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price was in the land, of the land. Verse 4, he goes on to tell them, while it remained, was it not thine own? Here's what he's saying. You didn't have to. It was yours to begin with, but you vowed to God. You told God. And now you've lied unto God. And what happened to verse 5 is point number 3. Notice the disaster in, dedica- in, in, in dedication. The disaster in dedication. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. If you look down to verse 7, the Bible says about the space of three hours when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she says, yea, for so much. She's following her husband in a lack of dedication. Listen up, dads, husbands. God help us if we don't lead our families to be dedicated. What did he lead her to? The Bible says in verse 9, Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. 
as he fell down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. I want you to imagine the church members in this service to see two people walk in, talk to the preacher, and fall down dead. Now, that's not, that's not much of an advertisement to get people to come down and talk to the preacher during the invitation, okay? So there was extenuating circumstances. You've got to understand that, all right? Guy comes in, talks to the preacher. Woman comes in, talks to the preacher. Imagine the horrific scene. And you know why the scene was so horrific? Because of a lack of dedication. That's what the root of it was. Do you know why so many of our homes are in shambles today? I'm talking about dumpster fires. I mean, my phone has rang and rang and rang. You know, husbands and wives are around each other more with this quarantine. Ooh. I'm like, look, son, this thing you can do is get an apartment. She's going to kill you before this thing is over. Oh, I think we're praying so hard. Lord, help us to be over. You know, we're going to have some murders on our hands, and we don't have a jail ministry yet, so you kill your spouse. We can't come up here and see you. It's been amazing, the phone calls and the depths of disaster that homes are in right now. So why is it? Well, it's because of their family life and where they grew up and they didn't know their dad. Look, I'm sure that plays in there somewhere. But I'll tell you, oftentimes, if you'll dig down through all of the circumstances and the circumstantial evidence, you'll find at the root of disaster, it's often a lack of dedication. That's why marriages fail. Somebody wasn't dedicated. You know, I told her July the 9th, 2005, till better or worse, it's been worse sometimes. Amen. Help me out, guys. It's been worse sometimes, but it's been better most times. For richer, for poorer, and we know the poorer part very well. But I was dedicated. We're going to stick it out until she, she kills me or I kill her. One or the other. That's what till death do his part means, right? <laughs> no ifs and dedication. We stuck it out. Man, it's been tough. It's been some tough times. There's been some times where all of a sudden that Louisiana spirit comes out in her. And I was looking for holy water. (laughs) And there's been times this old, wretched sinner saved by grace has acted just like my old master. And it's been bad. You know how we survived it? We're dedicated. Dedicated. Now, folks, I want you to know our homes are falling apart. Our kids are falling apart. I wish I could tell you the phone call I had this week from a teenager. I promise you there's nothing in your world going on like it's going on in their world. Young people falling apart. And here's what breaks my heart. I, I promise we're going to hurry, but look, we've been gone for three months. We've got a lot of catching up to do. We stand right here with these babies. Why are you here? We're here to dedicate our baby to the Lord. Oh, man, that's wonderful. All right, we give the charge. Raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Train them up in the way they should go. And we give them to God for a little while. But then we take them back. And we give them to everything else the world has to offer. And then when they're broke, we send them to Brother John. Fix them. Fix them. I was a youth pastor. I know what it is. I wanted to tell a parent one time so bad, why is my kid acting this way? I said, because they don't live with me. That's what I wanted to say, but I didn't. Listen to me. We dedicate them to the Lord when they're babies, but then we take them back and we give them to everything the world has to offer. And we wonder why they don't want to follow Christ. Now, folks, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be honest with you. It's going to end in disaster if we don't sell out, undedicate from some things, 
and rededicate it toward God. And what we see happening in Acts chapter 5 with these two people laying there dead, it's because there was a lack of dedication. They just did not dedicate it all to God. And because of that, they lost their life. Do you know why our country's in the shape it's in today? Everybody's looking to blame everybody. Let me tell you what the problem is. Ready? Write it down. Get ready. It's because the church has not been dedicated. We can blame Antifa and global warming and all of these things. Look, those are just symptoms. The church has not done our job. We have not been dedicated. We've not been willing to sell out our lives to follow Christ and win others to Christ. And we should not be surprised when a lost world acts like a lost world. But we should be surprised when the saved church is not acting like the saved church. We should be dedicated. Sold out. Look, I'm not saying you've got to sell your boat and give it to a missionary. If God doesn't tell you to do that, you keep your boat and take me fishing. All right? But if God does stir you for something, more of your time, you better sell out. That piece of land was not worth their life. But they thought it was, didn't they? You know, as we go through, notice my Bible's closed. Don't panic, all right? We're, we're fixing the end. We go through our life. We look at that piece of land and what the world has to offer in this life, and we're like, i got to hold on to that. And in the end, we realize it's not worth it. Look, if you could interview Ananias and Sapphira, they would tell you, land's not worth it. The land's not worth it. But here's the problem. They realized that too late. They realized it too late. They were dead before they realized it wasn't worth it. Now, let me ask you, is it going to take that for us losing everything? Is it going to take us losing our children to realize we should have sold out and dedicated our lives to Christ? Is that what it's going to take? Is it going to take us losing our homes and our families and losing all that we've got, losing our country, for us to realize that what was holding us back from following as Christ was not worth it? Is it going to take that? I mean, how many Romes do we have to read about in history to realize it doesn't work without God? I mean, how many, you look at Europe. Europe used to be the hotbed for the gospel. The gospel went out from Europe and even came to America. And now they're about as liberal and worldly. And, and they're just, you just wouldn't believe what happened. They tried it without God. And they're realizing the education and dedication that Ananias showed us here today. I'm going to make you a promise. If you don't sell out whatever God wants from you, your time, your talents, whatever it is, to follow Christ, it will lead you to destruction and disaster. And you'll learn this education in dedication the way that they did, but you don't have to. Isn't that great? I mean, how much does our Father love us that he told us this story? It's not a bedtime story like the three bears. Kids, hold your ears. They weren't real. <laughs> they weren't. There's no talking lion or fish and Nemo and the Lion King either. But there was a man, there was a woman named Ananias and Sapphira who decided to hold back from being dedicated to God. And it cost them everything. And it's going to cost us the same. Now, folks, I want to have our heads bowed and eyes closed for a moment. Heads bowed and eyes closed. The end of the story, listen closely, please. 